The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars Popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Ignatius of Laconi Forgiveness. You don't want that. No. No, Matthew, I, I don't know what to do. Besides, last rites are given when one's sick as a precaution. Doesn't the priest say when a person's sick he should be called? Yes, yes, that's true. Your father had the last rites several times when you thought he might die. Matthew, he was an old man. Ignatius is with fever. He cannot ask for the priest. It would be a great sin if we didn't ask for him. Oh, I know you're right, Matthew. But last rites, always for the dying, and I, I won't let myself think Ignatius is dying. Anna, you've been up there now. Now, go and get some rest. I'll watch. I'll not leave him. At least eat something. Someone's at the door. Oh, it'll be the priest. Shall I tell him to come in? No, no. Yes, yes, tell him. Ignatius must have his soul made 
ready for God. Ignatius. Ignatius. He hears nothing, Father. Hold the candle higher, Matthew. Through this holy oil, anointing, <gasps> and his most tender mercy, may the Lord forgive you whatever mm -hmm. sins you may have committed by sight, mm -hmm. by hearing, by speaking. <gasps> but, uh, his lips are moving. What's he trying to say? Quiet, huh? I cannot hear. Ignatius? Sing. St. Francis, I don't, I don't want to die. Heavenly Father, don't let me die. I promise. I, if you let me live to give myself to St. Francis. Matthew, did you hear? Quiet, please. I, I promise. If I do not die... To give St. Francis. He sleeps. Ignatius, Ignatius, you're going to live. He is. It's the first time he's spoken for days. Ignatius. Let him sleep now. And you look as if you needed some yourself. Father, I've been trying to. Get her to eat something and get some rest. Uh, will you tell her I'm right? He is, Anna. Ignatius will be well again. and You'll need your strength to nurse him back to health. No, no. I'll watch. I I'll call you if there's any change. I'm his mother, and, and I'm... Anna, I've had a hard day now. Could you spare me perhaps a bit of food and a glass of wine? Oh, oh of course, Father. How, how thoughtless of me. Well, then take me to the kitchen and share something with me. Excellent soup. Did you make it, Anna? No, no, Matthew did. I I told him what to do. Mm. Matthew, is he all right? Yes, yes, Anna. Mm. Still sleeping and seems to be breathing easier. Come on now, eat, Anna. God bless you, Father, for coming. And at first I told Matthew to stop you. He, he called out to St. Francis. Ignatius called out to St. Francis, didn't he, Father? Yes, he did, Anna. You know, before he was born, when I... When I knew a child was in it within me, I, I made a promise that if God gave us a boy, I would give him to St. Francis. God heard me, and Ignatius was born. Often when he was little, I, I told him he would one day wear the habit. I never had to punish him. Once he threw a rock at a bird, and when I told him how St. Francis loved all animals and birds, he, he never did it again. I see. That's why he was calling out to St. Francis. Anna! Anna! Father! He's awake! He knows me! He, he, he's asking for you, Anna! Coming! Coming! I, Anna, bring some soup! He says he's hungry! Mm. 
Look, Anna, meat, potatoes, bread, all gone. Ignatius, you're eating me out of house and home. Everything tastes so good, Papa. Never mind your Papa. He's delighted to see you eat. It won't be long now before you're up and can come to the fields with me. Ignatius is not going back to the fields. Oh, not to work, of course, for a long time, but he can sit under a tree and keep me company. The moment he's strong enough, he must apply to the Franciscans. Oh, I shall, Mama. I told St. Francis I would. What do you mean? When I was so sick... I saw St. Francis, and I told God if he would spare my life, I would become a Franciscan. You remember that? Oh, yes. And why shouldn't he? Wasn't it my prayers to St. Francis that helped save his life? Didn't he get well almost the instant he made his promise? Anna, it's much too early to make plans. We'll talk about it when Ignatius is strong and well. Matthew, sit down. I must talk to you. Yeah, some other time, Anna. I must milk the cows. I'll not be put off. We must talk. Very well. What is it? Ignatius has been working in the field for two months. Yes? Then he is strong enough to fulfill his promise to St. Francis. Anna, we didn't promise to do anything in a hurry. Today, tomorrow, this year, or the next, what difference does it make so long as it's done? We must delay no longer. Right now, I need the boy with the planting. Come, Autumn, you'll need him for the harvest. He can go in the winter when there's less farm work. You'd be happy if he forgot his promise. Oh, that's not so. A promise is a promise. All I'm saying is he mustn't be in too much of a hurry. God will be angry with us. Stop nagging me. Ignatius feels he should go. Uh, Is he... Said anything to you? No. When he speaks, then we can sit down and discuss it. How do we know he hasn't changed his mind? How can you say that? Didn't he get well? Didn't I promise even before he was born? Ah, that's just it. It was your idea. You kept reminding him of your promise, always telling him he would wear the habit. You were there. You heard him cry out to St. Francis. Oh, he was wild with fever. He didn't know what he was saying. He remembered when he was well again. Anna... I must get on with the milking. Now, don't worry. At the proper time, and if Ignatius still wants to go, I'll not stand in the way. I don't believe you. You delay nothing but delay, hoping he'll forget. Like you're trying to forget. Matthew, Matthew, I warn you. Break a promise to God and he'll punish you. Sit under the tree, Ignatius, and I'll finish this row. Oh, I'm not tired, Papa. And why do you stand leaning on the hoe? Oh, I was thinking about my promise to St. Francis. Son, you're still thin. Not strong enough to endure the hard life in a monastery. I'm as strong as I ever was. Well, there's no hurry. But, Papa, I made a promise. I know, I know. You made a promise. You were sick with fever. You didn't know what you were saying. I did know, Papa. Even so, you don't have to get up from a sick bed to keep it. It's been over six months. Is that so long? Besides, it was a one-sided promise. Well, I, I don't know what you mean, one-sided. Well, suppose I say to myself and no one else, your mama's been working hard, and if I have a good crop this year, I'll buy her an expensive piece of jewelry. But Mama doesn't wear jewelry. Listen, Ignatius, and don't interrupt. Oh, yes, Mama. 
It happens. I have a fine crop. I'm a man of my word, so I, I buy a fine piece of jewelry, let's say a brooch. I bring it home. I call Mama and tell her to close her eyes. I open the package. She opens her eyes, and there, just as I promised, is the brooch. What does Mama say? Does she thank me? No. She says, it's very beautiful, but what I really wanted was a new dress. Well, do you see the point? No, Papa. Just as I made a promise to myself, so you made a promise to yourself. But just as Mama didn't want a brooch, so how do you know St. Francis wants you? I saw him. I told him, and he didn't refuse me. You would have gotten well anyhow. Papa, you didn't think so. I did so. Then why did you send for the priest? I, well, I, I, I was a bit worried. I, I admit it. The point I'm making is that you must wait until you're sure St. Francis wants you. How shall I ever know that? Suppose you borrow money and promise to repay on a certain day. The certain day arrives and you don't pay. Then a few more days pass. What happens? I suppose the man I borrowed the money from would remind me of my promise. Of course. If St. Francis regards your words as a definite promise, he'll remind you, don't you suppose? Yes, I suppose so. Then you should wait for a reminder. That way you can be sure, absolutely sure. Now, finish this row and we'll have lunch. Matthew, where's Ignatius? I sent him to look after the cattle. down for a moment. You've been running that horse. He's lathered. Never mind the horse. Can't you see Ignatius as white as a ghost and trembling? What happened? I... I must go to the monastery at once. What's this? Let him talk. I was riding along that rocky road at an easy trot. Suddenly, for no reason at all, the horse reared and began to run away. I pulled it and I jerked on the reins as hard as I could... But it did no good. I told you, Matthew, that horse... I grabbed the mane. I was terrified. I was sure I'd be thrown and killed. I called out to St. Francis to save me. And then, as suddenly as the horse had bolted, he quieted down to a steady trot and brought me home. Well, perhaps you shouldn't ride that horse again. Is that all you have to say? This is God's warning. Papa... You said I must wait for a sign. Now, now, just because a horse ran away... He could don't... have been killed. Twice God has saved his life through St. Francis. First thing in the morning, I'm going to the Order of Friars Minor at Bon Camino. But, my son, there's the harvest. Enough. You... Enough, I'll not listen. Tomorrow, Ignatius must go to the monastery and apply for admission.
Brother Ignatius, the novice master, feels you're too frail to endure monastery life. Father Guardian, I've always been thin. I, I seem frail, but I'm used to hard work. I always help my father in the fields. He also is not convinced of your sincerity. But I'll give you a chance. However, unless there's a change in the novice master's report, I cannot profess you. Brother Ignatius, the novice master tells me you've redoubled your efforts to do what was asked of you. And I'm glad to say that you will be professed, along with the others. Brother Ignatius, now that you're a friar and will be with us, I assign you to the weaving shed. You wanted to see me, Father Guardian? How long have you been in the weaving shed? Fifteen years. Indeed. <laughs> My, how time flies. It is too bad. I hope my work has been satisfactory. Oh, no, no, I meant it is too bad because it is not the proper preparation for the mission I must assign you. To go out among people and beg for alms. I obey willingly any task you wish to assign. Cooped up in that shed as you've been, you don't know about people, how to act, what to say. Don't I just ask for alms to carry on the Lord's work? And if one refuses? I suppose I... Give that person God's blessing and ask of another. You have never had a door slammed in your face. No, Father Guardian. You will walk from place to place in all kinds of weather. Sleep where you can. I tell you all this so you'll be prepared and I hope not become discouraged. I'll remember what you've told me. I'll be prepared. You'll begin your mission in Cagliari tomorrow morning. And bear in mind, the orphans and your brothers will go hungry if you do not return with arms. Arms? Arms for the poor? Arms in the name of Christ? No. Get out. Don't come here again. May the Lord have mercy on you. Arms? Arms for the poor? Oh, thank you, good lady. May the Lord turn his face to you. in Cagliari, Brother Ignatius. Come again. Bless you. And I'll pray God to give you and your husband a child. After years of barrenness? Pray, my child. Don't lose faith. You'll be amazed at the power of prayer. My son, the longer this silence you say has come between you and your wife remains, the harder it will be to break. You'll find it easy to tell me you're sorry for what you did. You must tell her. And don't let pride stand in the way. Pride must not stand in the way. Now, I hope you won't mind if I speak to your wife. My child, you're young, and you haven't been married long. I'm quite sure that your husband is sorry for what he did. It's hard for a man to admit a mistake. He just doesn't know how to say... I'm sorry. So the wife has to make it easy. The first thing to do is to break the silence. Say something to him. Even if it's just, how do you want your eggs cooked this morning? 
you'll both be so happy the silence is broken. You'll forget what started the quarrel. Brother Ignatius, I don't understand it. I send you, so inexperienced in the ways of the world, to beg for alms, and you come back laden. I know the things I warned would happen did happen. The slam doors, the scoldings, not to mention a blow from a broom. Oh, yes, that must be the one who wrote a letter to me about you. A letter? About me? Mm, enclosing four lire. She writes, After talking to my neighbor, I'm sorry for the way I treated the brother who came to my door. He persuaded this woman who has been childless to pray for one, and she tells me she did, and her prayers have been answered. She and her husband are most grateful. I'm so happy for you. There's another letter with an offering from a man who spoke harshly to his wife, who then refused to speak to him. Oh, oh, that couple. Children, really. Both wanting to tell the other they were sorry, but pride standing in the way. And several letters from poor people who could give nothing this time, but asking you to call and they will try to have something for you. Brother Ignatius, nothing like this has ever happened in all my years here. Father Guardian, since we do have so much money, would it be all right if I took a few lira? What for? That woman broke her broomstick. I'd like to replace it. What? She breaks a broom over your back and you want to buy her another? I did call when she was very busy, and I gathered she hadn't been able to do any work because every time she started, there was a knock at the door. Now, how in the world do you make yourself to blame? Well, if I hadn't called, she wouldn't have broken the broomstick. Brother Ignatius. Yes, Father. I owe you an apology. Oh, no. That can't be. You've always for been... For burying you in the weaving shed for years. One learns a great deal in the weaving shed. Oh, indeed. What, for instance? Patience. Before you are all the threads of different strength and colors. You know what the final design is to be, but if you're impatient, you choose the wrong threads or you break them and have to unweave. No need to go on, I understand. I'll go now. Get some rest before you start out again. Yes, Father Gardin. Ah, Brother Ignatius. Perhaps I should have spent some time in the weaving shed. Father Guardian, I am Signor Franchino. Won't you sit down? Uh, for a moment only. I'm very busy. What can I do for you? I live in Cagliari, in the exclusive section. I have a complaint against a member of your order. Oh, what is the nature of your complaint? For a number of years, one of your friars has come regularly to Cagliari to ask for arms. Ah, yes, that would be Brother Ignatius. Well, whatever his name, he's caused me embarrassment. In what way? He calls at every house on the street except mine. What? I cannot understand that. He knocks at the door to the house on my left. Then he deliberately passes mine and knocks on the door to the right. It is not like Brother Ignatius. You, you don't believe me? I tell you, I've watched him from my window. Oh, no, no, I don't doubt you. I'm merely puzzled. And I could say I'm as rich a man as any in Cagliari, or in Sardinia, for that matter. I'll see this is corrected at once. Now, I want this man to call on me as he does everyone else on my street. It shall be done. I regard it as an affront to signal me out like that. What are the neighbors to think? Is he trying to create the impression Signor Franchino is too miserly to give anything? Now, I'm sure you can understand my position. 
Signore, be assured the next time Brother Ignatius is in Cagliari, he will call, and we shall be most grateful for any donation you wish to make. So, Brother Ignatius, you decided to call on me. My father, guardian, so directed. As you uh, go about, I suppose people confide in you? Sometimes. No doubt you hear many stories about me. Very well, you don't have to answer. I know what's said about me, but it's not true. Just because I lend money to people, that doesn't mean I'm wicked, does it? No, senor. I help the poor. When they need money, they come to me. I'm always glad to help. Many a man would have been in debtor's prison if not for me. Senor, it's late and I have many calls to make. Tell me, what do you do with the money you collect? We use it to buy food for the orphans, for the needy. Yes. No doubt you feed yourselves first and give the poor what's left. The reverse. Well, since you buy food with the money, I may as well give you food. It uh, amounts to the same thing. Whatever you wish, senor. Now, you come to the kitchen. I have a bag, and I'm going to fill it with as much food as you can carry. But uh, I want you to promise, if anyone asks you where you got it, you tell them from uh, Senor Franchino. I shall do as you wish, senor. Here, just empty the bag in the bin, Brother Ignatius, and we'll sort it out. My, this is a lot of food. Oh, Ignatius, what is this? What have you done? Look at the bread. The flour, it's soaking. Blood. It was all right. When Signor Franchino put it in the bag. Then, what happened? How do you explain this? The blood you see is the blood of the poor. Signor Franchino is an unscrupulous moneylender who lends money at a high rate and shows no mercy when a man cannot pay. That is why I never asked anything from that house. For the next 40 years, until he died at the age of 80, Brother Ignatius made his humble mission of begging a real apostolate. Many miraculous cures were attributed to him, but he always denied he had done anything except to pray and to tell the sick to pray and put their trust in God. On May 11th, 1781, at the hour of our Lord's agony on the cross, he spoke his last words. It is the agony. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. 
We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.